0: What's up world and welcome to the Color Reimagine podcast presented to you by People of Color Clothing Of course, I'm your host Darius Northern and today we are talking about the Hawaiian Islands i um, mean breaking down some of the misconceptions and providing historical facts in regards to the Hawaiian Islands. And today, I have in the POC headquarters two very special guests who are now going
1: to introduce themselves. What's up, man? I'm Gabe Fraser Jenkins, and I'm from Kau on the Big Island of Hawaii.
2: And my name is Amanda Helenihi. I'm also from the Big Island in Hilo.
1: To jump right into things
0: Polynesian. Um, or being Polynesian. I know, like, that's the overarching um, ethnicity to a lot of people in the Hawaiian Islands, but there's subgenres to that. Could you guys break that down? Yeah,
2: so, like, calling yourself Polynesian is just, like, an overarching thing. So, like, so let's say if, if you're Japanese or Chinese, you would tell people, like, oh, I'm Asian. So, for me, I'm part Hawaiian, so I can tell people, oh, I'm Polynesian. But within Polynesia is multiple ethnicities, and, like, some of those are... Hawaiian, Samoan, Maori, Tahitian, and so forth. So Polynesian mm-hmm. is just like the overarching area and collection of cultures.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think that's cool to like break down too because I know I know for me, just being like a typical American, I just associate everything over there as just Hawaiian. Right. So Hawaiians. So it's cool to learn that there is like a subgenre of people under the Polynesian umbrella. And furthermore, can we talk about like the history? I know Hawaii has a pretty interesting history. And being colonized by the British in America, Americans, can you guys kind of break that down for us too?
1: I'm not really, I don't really know all the dates and whatnot, but <laughs> in general, what happened was a man named Captain Cook, who was a British uh, explorer, a British explorer, famous for just traveling the world, um, going around and you know, quote unquote, discovering new places. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he came to Hawaii, and that was kind of the first contact that Hawaiian people had with People that weren't Hawaiian, mm-hmm. so he came in, and the kind of thing that happened is very similar to what happened um, to Native Americans because once Captain Cook came in, you know he brought with him all of his like crewmates and whatnot, and just like Native Americans, Hawaiians had a very low tolerance to a lot of like diseases and stuff that they carried. so yeah um, once you know more British people ended up coming, that started spreading and it started killing off a lot of Native Hawaiian people. Yeah. Um,
2: and I don't. Rem- I want to say it's Lalo Papa, but there is like on one of the islands there is it was like dedicated to people with leprosy. Mm-hmm. And like if you look it up, I I know at one point like the amount of native Hawaiians <clears throat> still alive after dying from all the diseases was very low. And it was like yeah. kind of like amazing that they survived. But yeah, there's that leprosy colonization that you can still go. I think it's like a museum now.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh wow. We kind of talked earlier in the summer. You kind of told me something about the Queen. And could you break that down for us as well? So,
2: basically, Hawaii was a monarchy before British and American people came over. And our last monarch, Queen Liliuokalani, was basically America wanted Hawaii for its location as, like, a military base. Mm -hmm. And they didn't really respect her as a queen and as, like, the ruler of a nation. Like, they didn't respect Hawaii as a kingdom and they just wanted to own us, so... It basically locked her in her own palace and forced her gave her like yeah
1: yeah so yeah they just they just wanted to an um, ultimatum
2: that's what i was looking yeah.
1: for yeah they put it with that ultimatum of like putting her under house arrest and kind of forcing her to relinquish her throne
2: was either do it peacefully or we're taking it yeah. forcefully
1: um and that actually happened there was like this kind of like small military group in honolulu that kind of banded together that was composed of like Local people that were not native, and so I think they gathered together like over a hundred men in front of her palace, um, and had like you know guns and weapons and whatnot, yeah. and that was like when when people talk about like the like annexation and how like they really forced her to relinquish her throne, like that's kind of the main event that at the forefront of that. Yeah, so.
2: I just feel like other states becoming a part of America was is different because they were just they were already kind of here, do you know what I mean? And we yeah. were like our own people and our own nation and our own kingdom that was mm-hmm. kind of forced into being a part of America and basically like the people were willing to fight but the queen was like for peacefulness and so she told everyone to stand down and that to like, it was the easiest thing to do because she didn't want to see her people die.
0: Yeah. And I know, like, present day, too, like, with the Hawaiian flag, there's two different variations of the Hawaiian flag. I know yeah. um, there were protests in Corvallis this summer, and I saw one that's very, like, reminiscent of, like, a British-type flag, and there's another colorful one with, like, yellow and green.
2: Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So the what's considered the, like, legal Hawaiian flag is a mix of the American flag and the British flag, and that was made just to kind of show peace when we were first being colonized that like the Hawaiians made this flag for the two main people that were trying to squash them that they showed like like we don't want any beef like we respect you guys and they put that on their flag but the other one the red yellow green one is yeah. more localized made
1: yeah so that yeah so that the other flag is um it's called the Maoli flag and that kind of is more representative of Hawaii as a sovereign nation so yeah it's like Kind of has like I guess what a lot of people would consider like those roster colors like yeah, red, yellow, yeah. and green, Yeah. and it also has two two paddles on it. So that kind of represents yeah, just um, the sovereignty of the Hawaiian nation.
2: Yeah, and you said it was Maoli flag. So yeah. Kanaka Maoli means Native Hawaiian. Yeah.
0: yeah, we were kind of talking off air how the Americans or the British or whoever it was through the colonization process. Native Hawaiians were prohibited from using their name and language.
2: Yeah. So it was technically enforced on all the islands. It was definitely the worst on Oahu just because Honolulu was where the most haole or white people were. Mm -hmm. Like, but you were, it was illegal to speak Hawaiian at all. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you could sneak and do it in your home, but it wasn't allowed. And a lot of people even in their home wouldn't do it. Like I know my grandfather didn't because... He'd been beaten before for getting caught, and he was, like everyone was just too scared. There were Obviously, there were some people, because the language is still alive today, there were some people that held on to it in secret, but it was completely illegal. If you got caught, you get beaten up right there. It was illegal to have your first name be Hawaiian, and this is on their land. They were unable to speak their own language.
1: Mm-hmm. So as you heard, um, Amanda talked about um, howler. So that's a word that is used a lot back home and typically like it's kind of used as like a form of modern slang now in hawaii but so we use that kind of to like i guess yeah i guess the most often it would be used
2: against a white person but it doesn't mean white yeah
1: it doesn't mean white and this goes back to captain cook he Mm -hmm. was the first so yeah so when when captain cook first came well i guess before that like Hawaiian people have uh, a certain way of, of greeting one another, and they they say that that's through ha, which means breath in Hawaiian. And so kind of what, what they would do is, like, go up to each other, like, put their foreheads against one another and kind of, like, breathe in. And in that sense, um, they say that they're kind of, like, exchanging each other's breath. And each other's, like, mana. Yeah, and each yeah. other's uh, mana, which essentially means means power. So that's, that's how Native Hawaiians would greet each other back then. But when Captain Cook came, obviously— um, white then. people don't really do that <laughs> yeah. um, he so, extended his hand so they yeah he extended his hand towards the first Hawaiian that he saw so they say howle, which means without breath in Hawaii.
0: and with your name being Amanda mm-hmm. that's a pretty American name is that influence <laughs> yeah. still kind of like prominent
2: yeah so my first name is Amanda and my dad named me my first name and he's the not Hawaiian part of me and my full name is Amanda Kamakamai Helenihi and so my middle name is Hawaiian. And that's how most of my cousins are as well. Just because I feel like since when it was originally illegal to have your first name be Hawaiian, it's just kind of stuck that way. And there's not a lot of people. Like, I definitely know more people that have long middle names. Like that's very like traditional now and kind of just stuck. But That's why mm-hmm. I know I want my kids' first names to be Hawaiian.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So so there's, yeah, with names, um, a lot of, a lot of, kids have um very americanized first names but you'll notice that the middle name is like a whole the, bug the, the, mid, the middle name is usually <laughs> yeah the middle name is usually very long yeah you know paired with a hawaiian last name but that also can depend yeah. on like marriage and whatnot because yeah, that's some definitely people, a running joke in hawaii is long middle names yeah yeah because that you'll, you'll also hear a lot of like um asian last names uh
0: yeah. yeah what would you guys say is some of the biggest misconceptions related to the hawaiian islands <laughs> You can start off with that.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Like, I was, me and Gabe were talking about this earlier, and I asked Gabe, like, what's a correct conception about yeah, Hawaii? Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: there's there's a lot of misconceptions, man. I mean, I would say, for me, like I was kind of talking about earlier, there is a lot of poverty and, and drug abuse that goes on within Hawaii, and I feel like a lot of people don't see that just because Hawaii is known for being, you know, this huge tourist attraction everybody comes there for vacation to yeah. relax on wine you know i mean everybody's just trying to get trying to get yeah trying to have, a, fun, yeah, trying to have beach, fun and get a mai tai right yeah but um, like i said specifically um within hawaiian homelands and, and and all throughout the the low the low income places in hawaii there's just you know a lot of poverty um a lot of problems with meth which actually we're you know have been having a, a big problem and are still having a problem with with drug abuse, specifically with with meth and uh, heroin, so that's that's always tough. And having you know, just kind of seeing seeing people like that around Hawaii um, in these low-income neighborhoods is something that is just not really put out by the media because since tourism is our number one form of attraction you know they don't want to put that out yeah because yeah. then that would be you know essentially messing up our our biggest form of the picture of, profit. of paradise yeah, yeah. yeah so, so i
2: guess yeah. that's the misconception is yeah so it's that it's a perfect paradise yeah
1: because you know the media doesn't want to put anything out that's potentially going to mess with our, you know our flow of income and tourism yeah. so a lot of times that's not really seen even though it is such a huge problem
0: for just being a tourist destination for many americans <laughs> right how does that influence Native Hawaii?
2: I mean, well, tourism is our number one source of income, so we can't complain about it too much because that's what what helps us run, honestly. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. tourism is, again, like, it goes far back for being a problem for Native Hawaiians. Just, I mean, you can talk about how it affects Hawaii now, but I think just even not how we live, the way that people perceive us is definitely based off of tourism. Like, I know for me, like, I get pretty upset when I see the dancers being appropriated because I feel like on TV like in the 60s and the 70s and like we're it was just people in grass skirts and bars and beaches and that's just how Hawaii was portrayed and they kind of like appropriate our co- culture and like tiki bars and all that kind of stuff luau's like mm. they really kind of make it to what it's not and they try to make it more white and they try to make people like it and bring it in but they kind of took our culture very meaningful parts of our culture Mm-hmm. and kind of cartoonized it, put it on TV, and brought people in. And so yeah. I feel like those things definitely still stick. Like, I still see Halloween costumes with hula dancers and, like, cheap plastic grass and, like, a pink crop top. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: So
2: I feel like that's one way tourism has affected us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say now a lot of people, when they, when they go to Hawaii, um, I, I'd say, like, the, the main place they go is Honolulu which is a really developed part of Hawaii, which is on Oahu. Very city. It's it's very city-like, and that just comes from it being um, the capital as well as it just being the number one tourist destination um, in Hawaii. So a lot of people come. You know, there's a lot of malls, uh, hotels, bars. Things like that. It's I just, feel like
2: they just try to make it as mainland as possible. Yeah, yeah they try to yeah exactly. to make them more comfortable.
1: Mm-hmm. They try to make it as as mainland as possible, but it's also like right there on Waikiki Beach, so you still get that like
2: Hawaii vibe. That
1: like yeah, yeah that, that like Hawaii vibe. Of, yeah, that being they want on the to beach um, and having like Diamond Head like right there to your left and stuff like that. So you'll see a lot of people like posting pictures like that on Waikiki Beach, but then, and they'll be taking pictures of the beach, but if you like pan back, you look back and it's just all like city buildings and whatnot. So just, beyond
0: beyond like the, I guess the modified version of Hawaii, like what's the real Hawaii look like beyond being a tourist?
1: So I, I would say the real Hawaii is like most seen on uh, either the Big Island, Kauai, Parts like of like parts Maruka. of Oahu
2: for sure. Pa- parts of Oahu are like but on the But not north the shore. parts that tourists go to.
1: Yeah. So I, I would say that it's just it's just a lot more rural.
2: I feel like everyone's very tight knit.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like
2: it's still very it is still very green. Like you still do see that picture of paradise, but mm-hmm. the Hawaii Hawaii is it's people. People definitely yeah. make up Hawaii to oh, me and that's yeah. what makes it different. Yeah. 100%. And just like like in my neighborhood, like I lived with in a Hawaiian homestead, which is you need to have Hawaiian blood there. So it's just a poor neighborhood. Like, everyone lives super close, and everyone's Hawaiian. And, like, I don't know. It's just, like, kind of a big family, no matter mm-hmm. where you are, I guess. And there's a lot of other neighborhoods like this. And I say, like, that's what I picture and I think Hawaii. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's, like, different. That's a little bit different for me. So I guess just within Hawaii as well, like, you have different kind of, like, um, aspects of growing up. So, like Amanda said, she grew up in a very um, close-knit community with, like, houses, like, you know, very very close to each other, um, just knowing a lot of, like pretty much everyone in, in her neighborhood and whatnot. But for me, I grew up in a more rural area of Hawaii. So like I said, I'm from Kau'u originally. And that that part of the island is very rural. It's known for having a lot of farmers. And that's what my family did, is I grew up on a 25-acre organic farm. And there, you know, we sell, uh, and we still do sell, produce and grow, you know, coffee, macadamia nuts, citrus avocados like all that so that's that's kind of like how a lot of people do it because um you know farming and whatnot is also a very big part of of hawaiian culture because you know the hawaiian people are are very big like cultivators as well yeah so
0: i know you guys are like naming a a lot of different islands could you give us a better synopsis of how hawaii is laid out
1: yeah so um the big island which me and her are both from is the biggest island that's kind of ahead of it yeah, <laughs> yeah. if um, you like look yeah, at it yeah so that's actually a misconception it. a lot of people don't know so our yeah, island, big island is not yeah, called big island yeah, Big yeah. Island <laughs> is not the original name so the big island of hawaii is called hawaii but the state's called hawaii so, yeah. so confu- even locals like yeah, none it, of us say oh i'm from hawaii like uh-huh. i
2: say i'm from big island yeah. definitely yes yeah, so but um and traditionally it's not even called hawaii it's moku ke'ave.
1: Yeah. If but now legally know.
2: and Americanized, our island's called Hawaii. Yeah. But none, no one says that. We all say the big island. Yeah. So. And then.
1: Um, and so we'll that's that's aside. the biggest island if you're talking about, like. Name
2: off the islands right now, Gabe.
1: <laughs> all of them. So there's, you know, the big island, Oahu, Molokai, Lanai, Maui, Maui Kauai, Ni'ihau, um Yeah,
2: they just we're just like a small cluster. We're the head of the chain, and it just goes back. Maui's our closest neighboring island, and it just goes back.
1: Mm-hmm. So, like I said, like Oahu's probably the biggest island in terms of like the people that are there. It definitely has the biggest population out of and like, it's so all the much islands. smaller than our islands. And it's and yeah, it's so it's much so smaller much more than highly island, populated so though. It's super compact because everybody's there. That's like just. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the capital.
2: We're just a very close invite. Like the flight to Oahu to Hawaii is 40 minutes. Yeah. Maui's half that probably. So how do you Mm
0: -hmm. guys typically go from island to island? Is it by plane? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: Yeah. because of.
2: um, I know some champs that paddle to Maui. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, but mainly because of the um, of how Hawaii is like laid out, like geologically, obviously they're all volcanic islands. So when they were formed these huge like trenches between the islands were formed Mm -hmm. um so that makes it very hard to travel by boat from island to island because um the current is just crazy there's also yeah just big trenches just really strong winds that like rip rip the current up so it's it's difficult to travel from island to island on, on boat so yeah, definitely, everyone in.
2: takes a plane for yeah, sure. <laughs>
0: and just like even thinking about Hawaiians back in the day, who probably didn't have access to planes and stuff, and them having to like go from island to island, and probably not having as like mm-hmm. well-equipped boats and stuff like that, that's crazy to think about. Like yeah. The, oh you know, yeah, and like,
2: yeah. I mean originally, like the first like Hawaiians were from Samoa that came and found Hawaii, so mm-hmm. they paddled from even farther than just between yeah. islands. Like our people were navigators and. Mm-hmm like they were pioneers you know like Mm -hmm. so
1: and if you um there's actually modern navigators that go out that try to like preserve that tradition of like navigating so hawaiians originally just navigated using stars using the stars yeah so there are like
2: talking about hokulea uh,
1: yeah so uh, the members of the hokulea which is a kind of like famous ship and like crew crew member they travel also by stars so Mm they just trying to are like trying to preserve that old tradition of, like, only using stars, you know, not using... Just to be clear, this
2: is not a modernized boat. This is a canoe yeah. handcrafted yeah. by people. with yeah. like, out... Like, it's a traditional, like, mm-hmm. Hawaiian va'a. And yeah. these people travel far. Like, can yeah. you think of a place that they port? They have, like, famous places they port, and people will meet them where they port, and, like, a bunch of native people will come and celebrate it. But they travel far. This is not yeah. inter-island stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: They, they, they go far. And, like I said, they they completely... Are using just the original means of navigation. They're not using any kind of like you know like modern, day, modern day, yeah, yeah modern day technology to get around. So this summer,
0: Hawaii was was in the news a lot, especially on social media. We saw the protests at the top of the island. Um, with it was it a telescope? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I know you were there. You actually participated in the protests. Yeah. Could you kind of elaborate on um, that?
2: Um yeah so basically this took place on. which is on our island and it's our largest mountain and there's currently 13 telescopes up there now and i mean i don't want to spit wrong facts but i know there are a few of them that were built illegally without a permit and then later got a permit and it's had been a like a a problem with native hawaiians for a long time but now with the telescope that they're trying to build it's um it's very different it's a lot larger i feel like with the media now like our Native people are able to speak out more and try and stop it more.
1: Mm-hmm. So I would say, I mean, you can you can go and talk about your uh, um, experience up there kind of protest- protesting with them. But um, to give a little bit more information, there's just, yeah, so there's currently 13 telescopes up there. Um, right now, I know that a lot of them actually are not even in use anymore and not functional. Yes. Yeah. So that's a big problem.
2: That's one of the number one arguments is that our people are like you, you know, like we've let you do th- this much and like uh-huh. we've let you step on us this much, and you haven't even yeah. cleaned up what you left here before. Mm-hmm. And
1: yeah, so they're, they're very upset about just having non-functional equipment up there that's just taking up space. Yeah, um, because Mauna Kea is also a very sacred mountain, um, and it's very important. Yeah, I guess to, we need to the be the very clear about that. Like, yeah. it's just
2: not—it's not just a a piece of land. Like, yeah. this is one of the most. Yeah you need to remember like this isn't just an american place like Mm -hmm. these people had like their own religion and their own beliefs and
0: and language yes
2: and so mauna kea is kind of like this meeting place it's kind of like like the creation of hawaii and some stories is basically like these two gods that they kind of touched at mauna kea and that's where like land and everything was created Mm -hmm. so it is a very very sacred place to the people like spiritually And even just geographically, like, it is one of the most, like, outstanding things of Hawaii. It's our,
1: mm-hmm. it's our
2: largest landmark, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's so spiritual up there. There's there's uh, a lot of heaos up there, which is, like, I don't know how you explain that, kind of, like.
1: Heao, I would say, is kind of like a sanctuary, a Hawaiian sanctuary. You could, you could think of it almost as, like, a Hawaiian version of, like, a church. Yeah, you know, I would it's kind of like
2: a place you like you would, you would construct and you go up to, and that's where you would pray, mm-hmm. leave gifts for the gods and stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just a very sacred place, and I don't know. I don't want to get too into this because this is definitely a big debate in Hawaii yeah, right now. But yeah. it's it's just how people are tired of getting disrespected and used.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so I would say just the 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 biggest thing because a lot of people, I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions surrounding this whole debate, and some people think it's this whole like culture versus science thing right. because they're saying that you know this telescope would would you know be huge and like making new new discoveries and like yeah um you know astronomically and stuff like that so but yet it's it's said to have all these negative negative factors in terms of how it's supposed to be built how it's supposed to be maintained so they they actually have to clear um you know so many acres it worth was, of the was, mountain
2: it's like a 30 meter telescope like just a like mm-hmm. building itself is 30 meters long but like the amount of land that would be like torn up and stuff they say it's about a size of a football field
1: yeah so there's it, it, would, it would be so much of of the mountain that would have to be kind of just desecrated in order to even put this thing up
2: yeah not to um, mention carrying all those things up yeah. and disrupting our native species yeah. all of, a lot of endangered species live on that mountain and that's mm-hmm. the, place, the only place they live and,
0: yeah and, well uh, well kind of like on that topic Is Hawaii, just in general, going through, like, a development stage or, like, redevelopment stage where, like, Americans are coming in and and occupying land that maybe Hawaiians have occupied for Uh, a long time? I don't
2: think it's...
0: That's been going on for a while. Yeah,
2: like, that's, like, what I was saying about my place where I live, Hawaiian homesteads. Like, I mean, I'm not sure when it was founded, but that is something that was founded by Native Hawaiian people fairly more recently just to try and keep land in Hawaiian hands because so much of it already is owned by, like, outside people, not even just white people, Mm -hmm. but just outside people in general. Mm -hmm. So it's... You need to have a certain amount of blood to own the land and sign up for getting a house on the land. You have a certain amount of blood to inherit the land. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I have the like, the minimum to even just inherit land from my mother. Yeah. And I have a quarter. I think if you have less than a quarter, you're not allowed to inherit.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's and there's big debates surrounding, like, Hawaiian homelands and the aspect if you think of, like, you know, um, what could be kind of compared to it, such as, like, Section 80 homes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, as Amanda had said, like, it's, it's a community that's very poor. Um, Definitely. So there's, you know, a lot of problems with, you know, just – there being like this this perpetual uh poverty throughout hawaiian homelands you know drug problems um stuff like that so that's that's been a big debate in whether or not hawaiian homelands is actually creating a good environment for the hawaiian people to thrive in yeah and so that's in and of itself is already is already tough but of course with like the constant influence from america you know them coming in bringing new things putting up you know thousands of new homes, you know, every every year, every other year. Um, Hawaii is just constantly getting more and more developed and honestly it's it's sad, but we're kinda losing more and more of our culture as that stuff comes in. Yeah. But also I, I would say Hawaiian people are very resilient in the sense that as more and more of this stuff comes in, there's a greater and greater push for the local people to try to preserve mm-hmm. the culture that's already there, try to preserve land, you know, keep the land that is um that is there is like keep it up, um, do well to do well to protect it. You know, educate kids on Hawaiian history, Hawaiian culture, t- tradition, even language. Yeah. Um, so I would say even though a lot of this stuff is happening, you know, obviously now like we said with the with the thirty meter telescope, having um, that bringing a lot of attention to to the Hawaiian Islands. I think now, well, at least I would hope that people are kind of looking more in depth as to what is kind of currently happening in Hawaii. Yeah. um, And kind of educating themselves more. Just because, like, there is a lot of misconceptions. And I feel like as long as people continue to, like, try to learn about it, like, we can continue to try to preserve our our culture a little bit more.
0: Being that you are from Hawaii and you grew up in Hawaii your whole life and you recently made that transition from Hawaii to, to Oregon, what was that transition like for you?
2: Yeah, so i was born and raised in hawaii and the first time i had left was coming here for college and it it was immediately a shock i think the first thing i noticed was how people looked like i like (laughs) (laughs) it sounds so bad but in hawaii like white i would say is the least amount of people that i would see and Mm -hmm. you see everyone's very mixed in hawaii everyone Mm -hmm. looks I mean, there's a lot of Asian and Portuguese and Hawaiian, obviously, but the main color you see is like tan and brown and like it's yeah. everyone looks mixed. No one looks like one thing. I feel like over here, it was mainly white, maybe a few black people, maybe a few Mexican people, but there was no mixed people. And I think that was kind of mm-hmm. weird for me to see. Yeah. Everyone was one thing. And I'm yeah. used to seeing yeah. a very large mix of cultures. That was kind of a shock for me. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I would I would say the same. I mean, it's a little bit different for me. Um, as Amanda said, like sh- the first time she left was coming here to Oregon State. Um, I've actually been blessed in life just to have the opportunity to travel to a lot of different places. So I've I've been I've been out of state, out of country, um, multiple times. So so for me that it was a little bit different, but. I would say it was still a shock just because even though I visited a lot of other places, Mm -hmm. I haven't lived anywhere else. Yeah. So living here in Oregon and being away from home for an extended period of time, definitely things start to set in for me. Just like I start to notice the little things. Like I said, back home, we have a very strong sense of uh, respect for one another and we're very close knit. Yeah. I don't really see that here as much just in the sense that if you don't know somebody like you will know that that you don't know somebody, you know what I mean? Like they won't really approach you with the same uh respect or kind of like or kind of like warmth that people back home would. Yeah. Um so I would say that that was a big that was a big thing for me just kind of seeing how people interact with each other is just a lot less personal up here than back home. What that like stems from mm-hmm. originally? Maybe it's just because there's a lot more people up here and it, back home it's just it's just very it's a very different lifestyle and how you interact with people, and so I've definitely learned a lot in terms of like how to interact with certain people and how to kind of like navigate through that because
2: I'm still learning how yeah. to talk to people. Up Honest, here. Honestly,
1: honestly, yeah. it's it's different. That
2: that I think that was the thing is um, t- like editing our speech because mm-hmm. I don't know. There's definitely that whole slang. Yeah. Like you can't talk. I mean, Kanoa does not. We yeah, have this yeah, one yeah. friend yeah. that really does not shut it off, yeah. but. We definitely have to change the way we speak up here.
1: Mhm. And that's just because I I would say like the slang that it is very common back home up here it kind of I hate to say it but like it it I feel like up here it people think of it as like this un- unintelligent form oh, of like Oh, definitely. Speaking. That's Yeah. And I would say that um
2: it just makes you goes, sound ad- uneducated. Yeah, and the,
1: and that goes for kind of anybody. For me, I even back home so the, the slang we're talking about, it actually has a name, it's, it's called Pidgin, and that stems from just um, Hawaii being such a diverse place, having so many different groups of people that came in to originally like work on the land and like do farming and, and cultivate and stuff like that. Um, there were just so many different people, so they kind of came up with this like universal form of communication with one another, which yeah. um, became Pidgin. Um, for me, I didn't really grow up speaking pigeon that much because, um, I'm not, I wasn't born in Hawaii. My parents aren't from Hawaii. I'm originally from Walnut Creek, California, but grew up for basically my whole life there. So I didn't really grow up speaking pigeon that much. I would say I actually grew up speaking more like kind of, uh, you definitely so, so, talked more proper for I, I, sure when I, I met you. Yeah, <laughs> e- either more, either more. I, I grew proper. up speaking really yeah.
2: bad pigeon, and I definitely don't speak it bad now just because I think, even like around intermediate, I got tired of people looking at me like I was stupid. Yeah. So I kind of changed my speech early on, but definitely when I'm still at home or like with my Hawaiian side of the family, the pigeon comes out. Mm-hmm. But I feel like young, like how you said earlier, like people over here. Look at you, kind of uneducated. I yeah. feel like in school I got really annoyed with teachers looking at me, like I couldn't do things. So yeah. I edited my speech young, but I grew up speaking pigeon, and definitely when I first met you,
1: yeah, <laughs> you did not speak yeah.
2: pigeon. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and I feel like that's something a lot of a lot of ethnic people kind of deal with, because I feel like every ethnic group of people has like their own slang that they use. I would say, like I said, I didn't really grow up speaking pigeon. I would say I either grew up speaking, you know, just more more proper, because I I grew up with with a, a white mom and a black dad. So I either grew up speaking a little bit more white, or you know, even a little bit southern, um, because that was just kind of that's where my dad's from. He's he's from Florida, so I kind of have that lingo a little bit too. But even that, even even talking like that, anything that's not really proper English, you know, I'd say proper standard, like Caucasian English, people up here kind of look at as like, oh, he may not be the most intelligent person, whatever, whatever. Maybe he's, you know. Just kinda of thing things like that. Um Yeah, and that's just kinda was an interesting thing to to see how prominent that I definitely see for people's eyes here. when
2: they hear me talk, like they
1: react. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. And uh to close out this
0: episode, um, what would you guys say, just as native Hawaiians, like what would you say is like what's beautiful to you about your native islands? Like what means the most? Do you wanna take oh, this
2: first or
0: <laughs> You start off, you start off.
2: Okay. Um I don't know. I feel like I, I said earlier, I just the people, like mm-hmm. it's a lot of it is so hard to explain just because the most impar- important parts to me are very intangible things and it's mm-hmm. just and it's things I didn't realize was so different from other places until yeah. I came here to Oregon. But it's just I think the way family is there, I think. Mm-hmm. I, the culture is just so I danced hula for a long time and just hearing the stories and like hearing I don't know just the perseverance and just the intelligence of these people like before any white person had to come and taught them taught them anything like they were such intelligent and like ingenious people and just mm-hmm. the language is beautiful to me yeah. I love dancing hula I think it's yeah. a beautiful form of storytelling
1: yeah it's uh-huh.
2: just too many things honestly, yeah, honestly. <laughs> nothing I don't find beautiful yeah
1: I I would have to say the same man. I mean, the biggest thing for me that's that's the most beautiful part of Hawaii is just the people. Um yeah. The people just their culture, the way the way we have such a close-knit community back home like and that and like Amanda said that was just so weird coming up here cuz back home everybody's just even if you don't know a person, like you're still connected to them in in one way or another. So back home any kind of elderly person um, any kind of you know buddy who is who is even like older than us in, in any type of way, we try to have a very strong sense of respect. Um, so we a lot of times we um or inter- kind of refer to older people as as auntie or uncle. Yeah. So that's just kind of that, I've never like,
2: heard anyone be like, oh, like, Mr., no, Mrs., like, or yeah, Sir. Yeah, like, we don't say that. It's, it's all It's all
1: auntie, uncle, yeah, cousin. Yeah, shaking
2: hands and not a thing in Hawaii. Like, unless we're making a business deal, you don't shake hands. It's, yeah. Everyone's very close. and yeah. like.
1: It's, al- it's always, you know, a hug and a kiss. Man. Also, not so. to be
2: cliche, but another part about Hawaii is definitely the ocean. Like, oh, yeah. 100%. It's, growing up around the ocean is very yeah. different. And, like, we yeah. have a certain love for nature, I think, that is different.
1: hmm just just like just, I don't
2: mean like pretty beaches I mean like yeah. the ocean like yeah. it's a very like part of who yeah. we are I think
1: just just the love in general I mean the biggest the biggest word in Hawaiian that is is the most like the most people know is aloha and that's kind of you know it, it's a lot deeper than a lot of people yeah. think unfortunately
2: you know? it's a very cliched word but yeah, it's a yeah, very but, important word yeah
1: it, it means so many different things you know people use it as like hello and goodbye but also um, if you talk about, like, the aloha spirit, you know, that's just having, like, this sense of, like, respect and love for one another. Um, and, yeah. I, that's, Everything's just, beautiful. <laughs> Everything's beautiful, man.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's a wrap, man. I just want to thank you guys for coming out. I definitely learned a lot just kind of listening to you guys um, mm-hmm. convey the history and, and the nuances of Hawaii. Um, and hopefully our listeners learned a little a little bit something as well. I want to thank you guys for coming on the Color Reimagined podcast presented to you by People of Color Clothing and that's a wrap yeah thank you thank you